0: Hello, hello. It's Tuesday. So I'm back with another episode of their story. I really appreciate you listening. My number of plays and my audience just keeps growing and growing. And I actually didn't imagine it to grow this fast. So it's pretty exciting. This is only episode number four. And I have many more to come and I have lots of interviews lined up and I'm hoping to get a bunch of them um, done this summer while I am off work. I'm going to start a new show uh, next month, so I'll be on set, but I want to continue to release these episodes on Tuesdays for all of you so that we can learn and grow together. And I just love um, building my community. So please, uh, if you don't already, please follow me on Instagram. It's at Bunnies Makery. Bunnies with a Y-S and makery is like bakery but with an M for marvelous. Today I'm going to talk to you about um, a story that I was a part of. It's not necessarily my story, but I was there. I'm kind of zooming in on some, a little snippet of my life from a, a number of years ago. I'm going to change the name of the person I'm talking about for anonymity. So we're going to call her Molly. So years ago, I met this young woman who was in her very early 20s named Molly. And I was set up with Molly because she had just found out that she was newly, newly pregnant. And I was working as a, basically a sexual health educator with an organization that helped individuals, mainly teens and adults with developmental disabilities, Typically, uh, developmental disability is referring to a person who has maybe has taken more time to reach their milestones. Um, I believe. So at the time, I'm not sure if this is still accurate, but developmental disability was used for as a term for individuals who had um, oftentimes like a processing delay or um, a cognitive disability and at the time I was working for an organization that worked with those individuals with those types of challenges and there was another organization that worked with the sexual health and education of people with physical disabilities that may need uh, supports such as a wheelchair, a walker, things like that. So So those are the the, the kind of the differences in, in population that I supported. And so anyway, I remember going to Molly's house and she was, she had a sweet demeanor, lovely, but kind of reserved, I think. And her house was, she was living with her mother and her house was quite dirty uh, and messy. And it was just apparent that that this mother and daughter needed support. Let's just say that. And um, I said to Molly that she had three options at this point in her early, early pregnancy. I said, you can have an abortion. You can have the baby and try to keep the baby or you can um, choose to give the baby up for adoption once you give birth and she clearly um and quickly decided that she wanted to have this baby and try to keep the baby so that was her choice so now my next role was to not only be her sexual health educator but to be her life skills worker and then eventually her doula. So I am a trained doula. Um, I became a birth and postpartum doula when I was 18, right out of high school. It's what I really wanted to do. So that's the side note here. I became a birth and postpartum doula and then I went back to school to become um an educational assistant slash support worker out in the community for people with developmental disabilities, and this was my first real job where I was combining both my doula experience and my um, disability work experience. And so, what I did was worked with my client Molly to see her three times a week and. I would, one of the days we went to a public, like a government funded program where they did education for young moms um, and they would give a food voucher, like a, a gift card for a grocery store. And how this program got funded was they were finding that babies that were coming from low income households were often underweight so by providing education and also money for food it was not only creating healthier babies but it was costing the government less money obviously to to be preventative i would make up little worksheets storybooks just have conversations we had a lot of conversations about sleep hygiene um, because at the time she was i want to say like in bed 15 to 16 hours a day so she wasn't working and uh i probably suffering from some depression um and she was just not having good night sleeps so she would be going to bed early And sleeping in, but not having a good sleep. And so this makes up a person's sleep hygiene when they are, um, you need to do whatever you can to get into a good routine so that you can have good night's sleeps. And this wasn't happening. So I remember just feeling pretty, I don't know, like I'm quite an optimistic person, but I remember kind of thinking wow like we have a long way to go with this um with this woman like I really wanted to see her succeed obviously and um I wanted her to have good night sleeps and feel healthy and have a healthy baby and be able to take care of the baby on her own I wanted all of this for her but I could see that there was a long road ahead of us and what shocked me was, well, I don't shouldn't say shocked, you know, it pleasantly surprised me and it was really, really an eye-opening thing for me is that she went from not really having showers, sleeping way too much, not really leaving the house a whole lot and just not really living with a lot of purpose and intention and and really kind of seeming depressed to, oh, and she wouldn't be usually out of bed when I would get to her house. That was another thing. So she went from that to being showered and dressed with her bed made, and bright-eyed and bushy-tail and looking forward to leaving the house. And it was so awesome to see and I do think a huge part of that was my consistency to show up for her and to show her how valuable she was and to believe in what she was capable of that really seemed to make a difference I'm of the mindset that if you see something positive in someone let them know like Tell them as much as you can, even if it's the small things like, wow, you sure got up early this morning or, um, you know, nice job making your bed or, or, or that was really cool how you counted the amount of change properly for that transaction. I don't know, even the small things. If you can find the small things that they're doing positive, um, if this is a client or a child or a child whether you work with them or they're in your family. If you can point out these little things that they're doing that you want to see more of, it really makes a difference. And she really changed in that amount of time. Um, She was just a lot happier and, and really just pushing herself. Just, she just started doing a lot better just from this consistency. And, uh, Unfortunately, it was um, clear to me after spending quite a bit of time with her that Molly would not be able to care for this baby on her own. And what my hope was, was that she would, she would end up going into a foster home where the where the foster parents would be able to care for both her and her newborn child. And unfortunately, that's not really the reality. You don't see that much. You don't see a lot of people willing to open up their homes to um, a person with disabilities and their baby. Unfortunately, I know, I guess it's just a lot to ask for someone uh, from someone, but um, you don't see that a lot. So that was my hope, though, for her. Uh, what I was noticing is that I would say something to Molly one day, and then two days later, when I came back, she would bring it up in a way that made me think that were in a way that it was like it was her idea. So you could just tell that her processing was quite delayed. And I don't know if I said this earlier, but her mom also had some disabilities and and some significant mental health concerns. So it was both of them that were kind of struggling in similar way similar ways so I had to reach out to um basically child protective protective services and let them know what my concerns were I felt I just felt like this was necessary for this um unborn infant's well-being and I'm not sure if they looked into foster care options for the two of them but I like to think that they did do their best to find that and um, in the end they decided that they would have to apprehend the baby at birth and they told me that i could not tell molly that her baby was being apprehended because because she was at flight risk and they believed that she might leave the province or that she might start drinking or using drugs during her pregnancy, and so I was told that I could not tell her her baby would be apprehended and taken into foster care as soon as it was born. So that was very hard on me, but what I did was continue to support Molly and see her three times a week and um, just be as kind and supporting, supportive and loving as I could in that amount of time. And eventually she went into labor and I remember going with her to the hospital and I think she just really liked rap music because we played rap music and we danced around the room and it was just she and I. And and the nurses kind of gave us dirty looks. I don't think they were too impressed. I think they felt like she needed to sleep. But maybe my young doula brain and doula heart felt like she could get that baby out (laughs) sooner. And I was trying to push her to, um, to move her body to kind of induce the labor a bit more. I've learned a lot since then. And I am a different kind of doula when I do do that work, uh, which isn't too often. But you do you do at some point have to move and then you do have to rest when you're in labor. So anyway, I did have her moving as much as I could. And we she labored for a very long time and I can't remember how long but I was there with her for for hours and hours and I said eventually they decided that she had failure to progress which is when your cervix doesn't dilate enough to push out the baby and I think at this point the baby was a bit in distress so the heart rate will sometimes dip up go up she ended up needing a cesarean and i just really it really crushed me to see that because in some ways it was maybe a smoother process for her but in other ways i just was thinking you know this young woman has a a young uh, intellectual level she was um much 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 younger than than her actual age And I think it was very scary for her to go into that operating room. (sighs) And um, so I went in for her cesarean with her and watched them pull out the baby. But I just mostly stayed at her head to support her. And uh, the baby came out big and healthy and squishy and crying. And they put her in the little clear... Uh, bassinet where they wheel them out and they asked me to go with this sweet little infant and uh, just it, it really tore me up to leave Molly there on the table by herself because you know she was she was like a young girl and they needed me to be with the baby so I went up and I put her clothes on her for the first time. And I fed her a bottle. And she was just a precious, such a precious little thing. And uh, yeah, I spent those first few moments of her life with her. And uh, I knew at this point that Molly didn't know that she wasn't going to get to keep her baby. So the next day, I think... I don't know if it was later that afternoon, but I do believe it was the next day and I was still there uh, in the hospital or I came back for it. And uh, the social workers came into her room and said, Molly, you're not going to be able to keep your baby. And uh, obviously she was upset and her mom was very upset. I remember her mom having like quite a meltdown about it. Which is understandable. Because they didn't know this whole time. And I felt like I had betrayed them as well. I took Molly into the nursery to say goodbye to her baby. Um, and she held her. And the nurse was there. And uh, she looks at the baby and she said. I guess I'm going to have to have another one. And. Both the nurse and I started to cry. What this shows me, what this, the lesson that I learned from this experience working with Molly was that people are so desperate to have a role. They just want to have a role where they feel like they are of service, and that they have a purpose. And She felt like being a mother would finally give her that sense of contribution and of value. And everyone needs that. And if they can't get hired as a barista or their parent, they don't feel like their parent loves them or they don't even have any friends they don't have that role. They don't have that role as a cashier or that role as, as the the big sister or the best friend or, or the store clerk or what have you. And being a mother gives people a sense of purpose and a feeling of contribution. So this is what I took from from Molly's story is how important it is to lift people up and to give them a way to contribute to their community so that they don't need to find ways of you know ways that aren't healthy or that fit them well if that makes sense you know I think the longing of parenthood is very human and normal. So, don't get me wrong, it is it is just a human need as well. It's not just because she needed something to do or someone to love. But I truly believe that was a big part of it, was wanting to feel loved and wanting to feel purpose. Um and whether you can imagine it or not people with even very significant disabilities have a role to play and there are actual paying jobs that they could do Um, and I've seen it I've seen video footage I've heard stories of even people with really significant physical disabilities contributing in really meaningful ways. So I know this to be true in my heart and I hope that if you or you know somebody who has a business and they believe that they can hire um, someone with a developmental disability in their business, I strongly, strongly encourage everyone to do that because you will learn so much from them and you'll be giving them um, an outlet and have them feeling more confident um, and just raise their self-esteem by giving them paid work. I really, really, truly believe this is important that everybody is paid for their work. There are organizations that help with helping people with disabilities gain employment and also um, to help with the training. So if you, your workplace doesn't know the steps, there are organizations like a quick Google search would help you find um, an organization to help you, you know, employ these people with, with some challenges and to... Um, get them trained properly so yeah that's my story for today it's more molly's story than mine but i hope that you can take something from that and have a beautiful day on a wonderful week and i will see you next tuesday lots of interviews coming up hoping to get an interview to you next tuesday Please follow me. I have a brand new product coming out in my Bunnies Makery line. So follow me on Instagram at bunnies.makery. Subscribe to this podcast by clicking follow. And if you can rate me, please do. I extra appreciate the reviews and the five stars. Have a gorgeous week and I will see you on the next Tuesday.